Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. <laughs> Jesus. And this is Josh. What did you just say? <laughs> I said drunk. You reached the shit. It was a good one though. I thought that was... I think you of, trumped the word reach. One of our best. Too late. I'm not going back. It's the fastest <laughs> that I've said my name to try to like cover up what just happened. I shouldn't have eaten that 24 grams of protein bar on the bus ride over. Everyone's missing gold. We've been talking about Smash Mouth and oh uh, Mitch Gaylord. <laughs> Mitch Gaylord and like eating a protein bar on a bus. The film career of Mitch Gaylord. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, look at how Andrew was saying he just watched American Rickshaw, which is a classic. In what is way. it? So it's in proper context. American Rickshaw is a late 80s Italian film mm. made in Miami starring an Olympic gymnast mm. named Mitch Gaylord who invented two... Oh, yeah. I don't know why you call them moves. I or guess. He yeah. invented the Gaylord 2 and the uh, Gaylord that's what I was gonna, Flip. I knew, it was the Gaylord blank. I'm the Gaylord like, 2 and the Gaylord Flip. Yeah. Two, I don't know what you call them, moves or I maneuvers. Guess. Yeah, you can tell we're not gymnasts. But this is the first time you've been able to tell that I, we're not gymnasts. I don't know how you describe American Rickshaw. It's like a thriller with Chinese mysticism yeah. elements in it. And some comedy. I think there's some deliberate comedy, isn't there? Or is it just non-deliberate? Because I laughed a few times and I'm not, I don't know if that was on purpose uh, by the filmmakers. Is this getting like a 4K restoration? From it is. A, yeah. I was good. It's from Agfa because this sounds like we will show this movie. Not yeah. from Agfa. Some company. Similar. It's getting a Blu-ray release. Yeah, and I can't remember who's next month. doing it. Like, it's not Kino, but it's like some random... I don't remember who it is now, but... I think it's a newer company. Yeah, and, and it's just... I did know. I didn't think this would be on the test, so I forgot about this immediately. <laughs> I'm but sure people type, can Go Google. on YouTube and type American Rickshaw. He's a rickshaw driver in Miami, mm. and he gets mixed up in a murder mystery. This is gold. I want to see this. With a stripper. A stripper comes on to him in her houseboat. And a guy is in a closet videotaping it. He finds the guy videotaping it and kicks his ass. No spoilers. And no, then he gets well, mixed up in a murder mystery slash. Is it um, Neil Breen? Search for Chinese. <laughs> like what is it? It's uh. It's like God. It's like a boar. It's like a yeah. boar figurine. It, the, yeah, the basically. MacGuffin is. It really had little to do. Chinese. With it. It's sort of like the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah. The that's, movie itself was a bit of a bore as that, well. That, that's locked in a bus depot uh, safety that, deposit box. Yeah. And Donald Pleasance, Donald, Donald Pleasance from yeah. Halloween plays a televangelist, a southern televangelist. Whose parts were clearly recorded separately or like in one day. Yeah, like it's the, he wants the Chinese boar. Makes sense. As you anyway, do. I've described too <laughs> you much. you said too much. I've yeah, described yeah. too much. And, and that's, none of those are spoilers, too, i got to say. No, like, it's no. not like you're like, oh, no, I can't enjoy this movie now because of this stuff Andrew I have 100% never heard of this movie. Nobody had. I hadn't heard of it until three Donald weeks ago. Even though Donald Pleasance is in it. Well, to be fair, I mean, he was in He was a hard-working stuff. No, and it's just, I almost put out of my mind this movie until he brought it up. But I actually did, for Bad Movie Night, I did a Mitch Gaylord double bill. Of American Rickshaw. And, you can do that? I mean... <laughs> there's another movie. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's in a few, as we were saying before. With, there's another Mitch Gaylord movie that has America in the title. And American it was, yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost had it. Because this was his first movie. Like, it's, it's like American Gold or some but crap more, like that. But it's more... It's a drama. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's not, not... It's not a genre thing. Co-starring Wayne Gretzky's wife, Mrs. Janet Jones. Oh, that's right. What? From yeah, Police or, Academy 5. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure in the trailer, they say Police Academy 5's <laughs> Janet Jones. You're like, right. I think she actually had her foot in of, of yeah. she could have kept struggling along and become an actor. She was pretty good. like. But yeah. she did like 
I don't know, a couple TV things and a couple of name on the poster movies, mm-hmm. including this one. And then I think she married Wayne Gretzky and was like, oh, that's good. Well, yeah, because that I can't <laughs> like, even imagine their net worth. Like, well, I, I think what it is is. Wayne Gretzky was probably he went to see Police Academy Five. <laughs> yeah, probably while he was playing for the L.A. Kings. Because that's a very like and then he saw her. Guy he's like, who's who she? I gotta being Wayne Gretzky. You could probably go to a movie and see the attractive woman and for be sure. like, who I gotta find. Well, there's some her. sports <laughs> fan who is listening who actually knows this, but that does involve in the story where Wayne was going to be traded against his will like he was like yeah they were going to trade him because they knew they could get a bunch of money and players and whatever terrible by the way and there was three or four teams on the table and he didn't have a hundred percent of the choice but he did say you know i am dating a movie star from la so even though and i'm just throwing these names out but even though toronto pittsburgh new york and la wants me i wouldn't mind going to la so i can continue dating this woman something like that so that factors in so if she never met wayne gretzky wayne might have gone to play in some other city yeah but yeah so i do remember in the back of my head that without that happening we would never have had the all-stars saturday morning cartoon with him and bo jackson and michael jordan and like what a show that was with the jewish stereotype making uh gadgets for him and it was none of them actually doing the voice no just their likeness in the cartoon it wasn't good pro stars that was was that tied something. to the cereal? It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was a cereal. It was like just an excuse to sell. The and cereal. I think they might have so, had toys. They might have had like action figures. I, they must have with those guys. And I mean, like I was. I mean, I think everyone was a huge Michael Jordan fan at that time. I mean, pretty much a fan of any of those guys. But I remember watching that as a kid. And I mean, even as a kid, you kind of know it sucks. You have an inkling <laughs> in the back of your mind, but you're like. It's a but you just like concept. everything when you're a kid. Well, that's, you're yeah. very forgiving. Oh, yeah. And, when I, and going back to watch it after the fact is like just that can really kill stuff. Some stuff survives. You know, He-Man for me is always going to be fun, even though I'm not going to watch all hundred and whatever episodes. But I mean, God, the older you get and, the, and you go back and oh, I'm sure Josh has done this many times. Oh, yeah. The old crap cartoons. Well, that- I remember speaking of He-Man, I remember having this great mother-son afternoon where... We went to lunch, went to Dairy Queen, but like my movie of choice, I was like super excited. The way you should be excited for Star Wars or something like that, or a James Bond fan is excited for a new James Bond movie or whatever, was the animated, not really a feature, He-Man, She-Ra movie, where they just took... Did we show that? We did. We, we did, did somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they yeah. just took... <laughs> What's the math on this? Like they took, say, five 20-minute episodes... That were even a bit shorter because each yeah. episode would have the last time on He-Man. So that would be 60 seconds. Because I think it was like 74 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So four episodes, which would be 80-ish minutes, but then they'd whittle it down a bit. And then insanely fast afterwards, like that summer, it would be on Saturday morning as the first four episodes of He-Man season two or whatever. Whatever, however that worked out. But I remember being so excited to go see this movie. And the animation quality was the exact same as TV. So it wasn't good. <laughs> And it was that thing where I love it where you watch it now where all the he men the and all the he women have the exact same body type. Yeah, we got we got to practice he quality here. He quality and walk the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, the, the walking is the best. And so whether it was He-Man or Man-at-Arms or Skeletor, they all had the same kind of neck down. <laughs> and then the women, so Tila the Sorceress, Evelyn, same thing, exact same body type. And then every once in a while, they'd throw in an Orco. So that was like yeah. different. But the quality was not good. But I was so excited to see that. And I imagine that's the same way some kid's excited to see 
minions nowadays and then they'll watch minions when they're 35 and be like oh that wasn't very good yeah and <laughs> you know there's a minions tv show too i think I'm, yeah i've i don't know I, like i think there's like a despicable me show or a hotel transylvania show it's like the things that we don't really think about because like we don't have kids yeah <laughs> people with kids are like oh god i'm yeah. so sick of this whatever show i'm like oh that's a, like when i visit my friend in la and and i'm like oh paw patrol eh? like paw patrol's insane yeah pj masks that's another one and then there's oh and the, the worst is one and i remember i remember when i was a kid watching goof troop and my dad oh, yeah. just being like oh god and that's the same feeling i had when i'm like watching these kids shows where it's like new looney tunes or like new mickey or whatever and the animation's all weird well to me it's weird and like cg i guess i'm just like this isn't right that's not looney tunes this is blasphemy yeah seriously <laughs> that's why i never i never roll my eyes or disagree with a kid because i have a lot of cool little nieces and nephews if they like i'm trying to think of an example but say like the goosebumps movie where you might go, ah, that, that wasn't anything. But to a five-year-old, that might be their Goonies or their Monster yeah. Squad or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you go back, every generation has these movies that, no disrespect to Tron, but I saw Tron as an adult after having only seen it as like a five-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that doesn't hold up. Oh, yeah. The Grinch, <laughs> you know? the Jim Carrey Grinch was like oh, that no. for us. Like, yeah. we saw it. That was the last movie we saw as a family. And like, <laughs> then you God. broke up. Well, I don't even <laughs> see that we weren't a family. Pretty much, tonight. actually. Yeah. Like, it was, it was because of that movie. But we, I remember we went to see it as like a family thing and we all hated it. Like, we bonded over our hatred of that <laughs> Grinch. And it's just a lot of it is growing up with the cartoon. But it's just, it wasn't a good movie. Like, the no. makeup was weird. The script sucked. Jim Carrey was just carrying on. Carrying on. Like, I, just, Zing. I can't, I, I, you know, I love Jim Carrey, especially at the time too. Like I wanted it to be good, but then in retrospect, you're like, how could that have been good? Like, I don't, could they even make a two hour good Grinch movie? Well, just the challenge of taking a perfect, not big book, like what, no. 20 pages, 25 pages yeah. and a perfect 25 minute cartoon, mm -hmm. which much of it is eaten up by songs. Yeah. <laughs> and then to expand it into, yeah, I think you're right, like a two hour or hour 45 yeah. non-musical movie where sometimes stuff, I find this even with, there'll be a comic book artist that I really like mm -hmm. and you'll see their work transformed into a statue or an action figure. Just doesn't work. <laughs> like 2D works fine, but in 3D just doesn't work. And I think Grinch is kind of like that or Dr. Seuss where it's like to take that and then on the heels of that was Cat in the Hat, which oh, wow. which did not do it. I've never seen it. <laughs> no, neither have I. But I don't think many people have seen it. Yeah, so it's, it's some stuff just doesn't translate. Some I, stuff I, just... I'm, I'm going to say, though, Sleepy Hollow, I have a soft spot for the movies. Tim Burton, yeah. Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, exactly. Oh, me too. Because yeah. I, I'm not going to say like it's like a classic or whatever, but just take like it's a 30-minute remember... short or whatever and yeah, make like a scr from scratch movie. Like, and, and a lot of people were pretty critical of it. At, well, and still are, I guess, but... I really like the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow, which is already, what, 21 <laughs> years old? Yeah, like, like, it's not a damn. recent film. Purposefully, it looked like a Hammer Horror film. Yeah. And it had those fake trees mm -hmm. and forced perspective shots, and, and it had all these awesome actors in it. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really well yeah, done. It was a good throwback movie. Like, Dead Silence is another one that's a bit, well, not like that, but just in a throwback style where a lot of people were just like, oh, you know, because it was like, oh, from the creator of Saw, and then a lot of people, I guess, just were thinking it was going to be more gory or something like that, but it was literally like a, a Hammer film, and just people didn't really take to that. 
And it's too bad because, like, that's actually, I don't know, for whatever you, you think for a low stakes horror film. But, like, I, I like one, you can take something like that and, like, make a bit of a throwback thing, but still kind of have modern sensibilities as well to it. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a remake as long as it's, it's a dumb thing to say. Good. But, like, there's so many <laughs> yeah. good remakes. We just watched. We're kind of not shy about talking about stuff you can watch on TV right now because, you know, yeah. we're closed. <laughs> but Gwen soldiered up, braved up, and watched the recent invisible man oh man with elizabeth moss you were the suspense was killing me i was like what was it tell me what it was it was kind of i said to gwen because she's a fan of elizabeth moss we both watched watchmen not watchmen mad men together (laughs) you you have seen watchmen nerd slip of the tongue (laughs) we watched mad men together which which was elizabeth's big breakthrough thing and then have seen her in a few things since then and i said well you know in a movie like this even if you're not a horror fan you kind of just trust in Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. Like, she wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't promising script. I just thought it, it was very interesting because it was a universal picture. So mm-hmm. kind of a universal monster movie. Yeah. But had, I think, absolutely nothing to do with the old one. I don't know if they, like, no. did that remake thing of, like, taking a couple well, names or something. it's an abusive boyfriend, right? Yeah. Or and husband. Or hus- yeah, ex-husband, and, I think. And so well done. Like, from the opening scene, mm-hmm. it's so scary. This is the opening scene, is her escaping the abusive home. And so that, before any kind of sci-fi or horror kicks in, was so well done. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like any production company, there's been some missteps, but... I think Blumhouse just is one step above in terms of scores, cinematography, actors, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And it was more, I would say, I guess the first one is sci-fi, but more sci-fi than Supernatural. Or the other Universal Monster movies are a werewolf, a Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But super scary. Well, yeah, and playing with the whole oh she's crazy element i just it's so fascinating because especially when you've got a woman going through a breakup who's already kind of having a nervous breakdown and then to just of course no one's gonna believe her you know and so like that just they really it's almost it is a horror movie but it's not a horror movie in the sense of yeah that invisible man kind of thing or a hammer horror type of thing it really was a psychological i mean horror in its purest sense yeah i'm not one of those people who's like elevated yeah yeah exactly so but yeah, no, I, I was really impressed. And I think to your point as well, they really trust their talent like a lot with like what Disney has been able to do for the most part. Because I, I don't know if you guys saw Upgrade, but that was uh, really no. good as well. well I and Lee Wan-El did that one as well. They keep it in-house because the writer-director of Invisible Man is the, amongst other things, is the actor from... Insidious. Insidious movies. Yeah. I get the mix up with Conjuring. So he's an actor in there, and he's one of the creators of Saw, which yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan of, but is Wasn't a big he in Saw? Yeah, he's, one he's, of the, the, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the, the guy who's not Princess Bride. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the, not the main guy. Robin Hood men in tights. Yeah, and I think he may well have written Dead Silence to bring it back, because that was I gotta was see that. That's James the one Wong. I haven't seen yet of that. You would like it, I think. It's a really good throwback type movie. With the exception of Aquaman, which... Good on them because it made a billion dollars. I didn't like Aquaman, but I love James Wan's horror stuff. Right. Well, and it's just like for me, it's like I didn't love his Fast and Furious, but even if the stuff you don't like him, it's like who can come into different genres like that and make a billion dollar movie? Like it's crazy. The two times he stepped out of low budget horror, Mm -hmm. they both made a billion dollars, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then his low budget stuff's making like a hundred mil. Like it's crazy. Invisible Man, it was one of the big got screwed by covid movies so yeah. it, it came out it was one of the big movies that was playing before like yeah. right before the shutdown the first one 
it still managed to make almost right at the same. I just looked up out of curiosity. It made like 65 million domestically, 65 million internationally. And then it got hit by the COVID thing. And then they put it out on VOD right away. So I I have a feeling it probably did very well there. Definitely. But then you hear how much it costs to make. Blumhouse is nuts. It costs $7 million. Well, okay. That's even lower than I remember. That's insane. These aren't expensive movies. Like Get Out costs very little. Halloween was 10, but maybe that was a couple extra bucks to pay for Jamie Lee Curtis or something. Yeah, or The Mask or something. Like, this is crazy. Like, wow. I honestly thought it was like 20 or 30 million. When you hear that Invisible Man costs $7 million, you look at other movies and be like, you should not cost as many millions of dollars as you make because this movie had effects and car chases yeah there's no stars that you know no, yeah that's yeah. an honor to pay you know for brad pitt or you know leonardo dicaprio or yeah if yeah. this Bradley movie Cooper, whoever. <laughs> yeah if this movie had been made in the 90s and starred julia roberts it would have cost an extra 20 well, million dollars i mean just look at Holloman. who is in hollow man with kevin, kevin bacon, bacon. bacon and, and uh, i believe saffron burrows i can't remember no, who elizabeth shoe not oh, oh okay sorry Shue. I can't which one and there's was... a Hollow Man too with some guy. Of course there is. Yeah, Straight to video? Probably Treat Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, He's... I would watch that. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of mad I haven't already seen that. Well, speaking of Treat Williams, you know, always, <laughs> I'm always ready always to talk are. about Treat Williams. <laughs> I got to revisit Deep Rising. I really like that. Oh, I really? love Deep Rising. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that is it's a, a great... stupid movie. It's kind of... It's got everything. It's, it's a fun... Uh, I had a VHS copy of it. Of course. You know, years ago, and I haven't... And there's a new Blu-ray mm-hmm. of it. You could say this about any actor's career... But you look at, say, Treat Williams oh, versus yeah. Harrison Ford. And with a couple little different steps, Treat Williams would be the superstar and Harrison Ford the B-grade character actor. Yeah. Because Treat Williams was in a couple of big things. like um, He's in Once Upon a Time in America. And Hair, Sergio. right? Hair was a big box office hit, I yeah. think. Yeah. So he had a couple things where it was like, oh, he's on his way. And then, I don't know, like it just... <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're yeah. in all these substitute movies. Yeah. <laughs> that well, was him, right? Good news, bad news. Yeah, sub- so Substitute 4 is where he he's like in the military four. academy. Yeah, and I'm think thinking so. Substitute 2, he's a high school supply teacher. Yeah. The third one, he's college. Yeah. And then the he's fourth one, he's military. Way. And I'm like, do they have substitutes in college? <laughs> I don't know. And in military academies? Can you imagine the blackboard they had while they were writing down these movies? They're like, okay, so we've done high school. We've got college. It's like, what are we, what are we, military? It's like that... the end of the last 22 Jump Street movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to cooking school. Oh, man. You're going to military But I would have watched all of those. That's, that's I the love sad part. bad movies that do absolutely no research. And you'll see movies that screw up. They'll say, like, they're in a city or a province or a state or whatever, and they'll get mixed up of which one has a sheriff or it's, I love it. Like, like, that's not their jurisdiction. Yeah. They don't care at all. They're like, ah, we don't care. It's well, for most of the stuff we don't know either. So yeah. it's like, yeah, oh, that's fine. But then there's certain, well, I find that's funny. Like, because my wife's essentially an archivist and she'll point out stuff like that all the time. Or just like, ah, he's not using a UV light or like that. He's not wearing gloves while he's handling those. I'm like, listen, <laughs> nobody but you notices these things. Red letter media is good at pointing out, Stuff like that. They did a review of Money Plane, (laughs) where they're really giving the movie a hard time, where it's like the poker chips that they use are like the kind you can buy at Walmart. (laughs) But if they tried a little little bit harder, you can get casino-grade chips, custom-made kind that'll cost you nothing. Well, yeah, just, just ca- you know, a little tiny bit more production value. Yeah, because you, know? you can even get the cards from the casino because they like put a hole in them when they're done or whatever. So theoretically, you could have got those. But then we'd be like, oh, look at the hole in those cards. <laughs> that's that's oh, they're, shoddy. They're, they're reviewing another movie where they're not even trying with the police uniforms. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you can get 
police uniforms and badges. Like, just go, you know, there's places to get that stuff. Hey, to be fair, convincing. as someone who just played a cop last summer, I'm going to say, sometimes you run out of those things <laughs> because that literally happened. And I, like, went to get my cop hat and they had already used, they'd taken all the good hats. And so they had a toque that just said cop on it. <laughs> oh, my like, God, please. <laughs> I didn't wear the, I was like, I don't want to wear that. And so I just didn't, but like the pants is, it was just funny because like for the first 20 or 30 cops or whatever, it was like, fine, here you go. Same with flashlights. They're like, everybody get a flashlight, but there was only like 10 to 15 flashlights. And there was like 20, 30 of us. I'm like, okay. And so literally they were like, all right, those of you who didn't get a flashlight, uh, use your phone flashlight. It's so just, like, there's <laughs> Stanley Kubrick movies where he would painstakingly probably shut down filming to find the right police flashlight or the right you know we got to get this right for sure oh yeah his cuffs are like an inch too short of a policeman's uniform like you know and then there's there's my movie there's non stanley <laughs> kubrick movies where it's like ah oh, just take the delivery man's yeah. hat it looks like a cop hat well, well, it was dark to be fair we were shooting it at night and so i guess they didn't think that and it would probably won't show up but just i just find it hilarious that for the first time in my life you brought up a thing that i literally have sort of some insight into because i was just they literally just took the top off a big thing full of cop hats and i was like where do you, where do you even get these like I actually, I will say this though. I did get a cop hat. So I was able to dodge the toque. I got, I didn't get a flashlight. I got the hat, which I thought was maybe better. I don't know, but it was way too big. It was like an XL. I have a big head, but like, this was like a much bigger head. Thank God you weren't playing FBI agents. Oh man. It's like, okay, you got to take, we have one FBI t-shirt left, but it says female body. And <laughs> that's all we have. Or it's just like, I have the like Fox Mulder badge. <laughs> this, is, this isn't to code. Oh god! Oh, I really need. I I don't want to like to speak too ill, and maybe they cut me out of the movie. Like it's not. Or, a, or in yeah, Rumble but... in the Bronx, where the bad guys just they just say they're FBI. We're FBI, but there's no identification. He just has a jacket on. Yeah, right? they just have black suits on, like Reservoir Dogs, and they just you know just yeah. say you're FBI. That's where they you have know. the like the dollar store sheriff badge or whatever. You're like, this is uh, real. I think. I remember going to see Anaconda. Oh man, I took a first date to Anaconda. Well, this is what, I, my I went... first date ever. With one of my uh, film school classmates, and we reconnected recently when Gwen and I visited Vancouver, and she teased me about bringing her to Anaconda, because I was like, <laughs> like, all three of us are like, oh, it's going to be so bad, it's good. And she was, you know, intelligent, and like, why would I want to go see something so bad, it's good? But I dragged her to it. Mm. But especially because I was right in the trenches of film school, you know, extra snobby, <laughs> going to see Anaconda. What I will <laughs> never... Those two things don't no, seem don't to match up. up, but anyway. <laughs> I will never forget that... In the movie, it's a it's a film crew, right? And oh, yeah. in the movie is they're like a documentary, a documentary crew. film crew. Yeah, and Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight, Eric Stoltz, Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson, really crazy cast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who directed it, but in the movie, Owen Wilson at one point, if not a couple points, is holding a boom pole over his head to be a sound guy. But if you just look at a boom pole, it has the microphone and then a cable coming out the back, running down the pole. And the opposite of that cable is the front of the microphone. Sure. And he's holding it upside down. So the butt end of it is pointing at the host or whatever. And the mic end is pointing <laughs> up to the sky. And anybody, anybody would look at that and be like, it would be like if a singer was holding a mic upside down. You'd be like, oh, maybe flip that over. And my theory is that the film crew is that the director was so ragged, he didn't pay attention to it. And the film crew was just laughing at the dumb actor holding the mic upside down. Yeah, like the actual boom guy. The actual boom guy. <laughs> so they just didn't point it out. We're like, 
Uh, let's see if they don't notice and it goes there. And, and it's just in there. Like, that's kind of funny that they just so didn't care of like, hey, Owen, just flip the mic over. Man, so there was a boom guy above the boom guy. Yeah, there then. would have been a boom guy like six feet from Owen Wilson. <laughs> Who's a boom guy? That's I never even thought of that part of it. Anytime you see a press scrum in a movie or a TV show and there's a bunch of people with cameras, what you then have to imagine is they're all people who don't really know how to work the camera. And behind them is one or two real camera teams. It's like, it's this weird, like, infinity loop. Oh, man. Yeah, this is all the stuff that you never think about. And while I was on that first date, I sure didn't notice the upside down boom mic. I gotta be honest yeah. with you. You stood up you and You just went, ruined <laughs> Anaconda I, I for know, me. That used to be my favorite movie, but now. You just no. wrecked my childhood. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Speaking of that, to get on speaking track here. Speaking of wrecking our childhood. Speaking of wrecking our childhood. Just to praise our amazing patrons for, for oh, the right. last five or ten minutes of this podcast. I went in today for a couple hours before sitting and recording this and made another few steps towards getting all our seat tags installed. I got another batch installed. I think we only have about 30 left, so I'll get all those installed. But we sold off the 35 millimeter projectors, the digital projector, a bunch of more tags on the plaque that we put up, and a friend of mine, it's just amazing. She said, the last time I visited, she's from Toronto, you had that picnic basket with the feminine hygiene products in it in the women's washroom. Do you still have that? I said, oh yeah. And she's this great, strong, powerful woman. And she said, <laughs> I'll buy that for 250 to put my name on it. Oh, <laughs> Un- unprompted. So like just got 250 People bucks. People are getting creative. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is in the next few days, I'll have a, a spare moment and do this. But I think the poster boxes, somebody mentioned that is a good idea. Yeah. So all the poster boxes what about inside. The marquee? And what would you do well, that? That's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's too much work. <laughs> like this one little tag on the marquee. Oh man. No, but um, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to put plaques on us now. Yeah, like, we're, we're, we're selling gonna, Andrew. Well, we're listen, selling. we've already talked about that about you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a sandwich board. <laughs> but our friend Jenny Lee abandoned her mannequin here ages ago. I don't know why. I don't know how. But it's become this nice mascot. So someone said we should sell off the naming rights of the mannequin, which already does have a name, Emma. Mm. But I thought it'd be funny to get like an S-Mart tag and just put somebody could buy that. I think that'd be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, who abandons a creepy mannequin? Yeah. I can't imagine what she was thinking. But I just thought of it when you said the behind the scenes thing because (laughs) posted a picture of the digital projector and somebody was like, oh, it's so kind of boxy and dull. And I was like, here's the secret about the entertainment industry. It's all boxy and dull. Like, like Except for us. The We're behind the, the scenes of thing. animation is a bunch of people in cubicles. True. The behind the scenes of movies is long hours and they don't have enough flashlights. You know, like it's, <laughs> Don't know how to hold a boom mic. But so, yeah, like I think we'll have a second wave of, or God, what? A third or fourth wave of God. stuff to sell. And it's just been amazing. Just while we've been on lockdown, there's been nothing but goodwill and Lee and I have done a bunch of interviews, and I'm doing another one tomorrow for the radio. And Ooh. Yeah, it's just Hollywood, nice. Hollywood, I guess. Is it still Hollywood if it's radio? Like, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I say yes. It's like Hollywood North, I guess. I don't know. And I asked Andrew when he walked in the door, because I don't have confirmed reports on this, but my mom texted me and said she read that we've been extended from November 7th till the 21st. What? No, I, I don't know, but that's true. But... I'm not saying it's false. I just don't yeah. like it. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Well, we were like not confirmed on that. Yeah, my mom could uh, be we'd lying have to, to me. Check our, we'd have to check our news feeds. To... Yeah, oh, here we go. He's backpedaling already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we we don't know, but we might be a little bit more extended, which would be horrible because that would be 
Ruin our Friday the 13th. Don't you say it. <laughs> Ruin our Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Well, when our first Friday back, we can just pretend it's Friday. No, it's not the same. That or just the three of us watch it here on that day. And then we could do like a live thing of us enjoying it. And we're like, oh, trust. Oh, it's really fun, guys. This is we're liking it for all of you. I guess that's just mean, I guess. So then it would push back to because right now the festival goes to 2026, November 2026. Probably. So it would push back to whatever 2027. That's assuming like we're all alive then. You know. <laughs> oh God, you're really dark No, I don't now. mean like from you know. No, I'm just saying you know every day is a gift and uh, every <laughs> as is every Friday Thirteenth film. You know, so uh... you know what I heard. Speaking of scary stuff, I was in the cinema all by myself, drilling the seats and putting in the seat tags, and one hundred percent heard somebody with heavy feet running down the aisle. Oh God! Do 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 do. And I looked up. And I almost thought, like, it just, things happen fast. I thought for a second it was going to be, like, Lee joking around and jumping out at me or something. (laughs) But there was nothing there. I kind of double-checked myself, and I was, like, listening to a podcast, but there was nothing to instigate somebody running on a podcast. So uh, You listen to some weird podcasts, too. Yeah, I hope my running podcast. But, you know, ghost. Ghost tried to get me. That makes sense, though, because, like, it's haunted. But, like, uh, my wife said, well, not that exact type of thing, but she said the other day, like, I, I was just coming home from work, and she said she for sure heard the door open and close, and oh, then like creepy. someone there, and then she heard like someone by her ear say Emily, and then she turned what? around and there was no one. No, I have no, no reason to doubt this. We need to and, get... Like, well, that's the whole story. I mean, I came home a few seconds later, and then we need I, to get Dan Aykroyd in here to yeah, or at least Peter well. Aykroyd. I mean, I don't Peter, know if we can... yeah, <laughs> any Aykroyd if they're willing. I mean, well, they don't have to be related. But Emily's ghost is way scarier than my ghost. Well, but I find it weird because like our place is only 15 years old so i'm like okay what's it built on because like whatever was there 16 years ago probably had i mean they seem to be nice ghosts i guess if they're just like coming in and saying hey you know but does your house does your house look like arkham asylum sort of <laughs> it, it like, like it kind of looks like a amityville ish to a degree but like nice like fun like a big fun happy face <laughs> big fun amityville i'm saying this because i don't want it to be haunted but if it is it's it's why it's wouldn't fun. you want it to be haunted i don't know maybe i sort of do <laughs> i'm just like that'd be fun I, I, it's just these you go it gets late at night you hear noises i mean i do have four cats now so it's like you hear a lot of noises anyway but i, I don't know i mean maybe it's and then she was like well, it is Sam Hain, the time when the, you know, the coaster closes the earth or whatever. And I was like, I'm familiar with the works of Sam Hain. <laughs> Wait, so you think you're Halloween talking free. to? Yeah, come on. <laughs> so she heard a ghost open a door, yeah. creep up on her, right. and whisper her name. Yes. And you're still living there. <laughs> well, the mortgage is a pretty serious thing. <laughs> I don't think we're getting out of that. that also, that's... great investment. I mean, with or without hauntings. So That's what every haunted house is built around is like oh come on it's a lot of paperwork we're already here well that is that's true actually isn't that basically what happened in amityville where they're like well we can't afford to move and we're stuck here Yeah, what was their excuse they were in that house for like 30 days and all the red flags were there it was something like they'd spent all that money already or something or they didn't have money (laughs) was he a substitute teacher i don't even remember now well and as we all know like amityville's a documentary it's a hundred percent true story i mean there was a house that part's true Somebody just posted a picture. That house still exists. Yeah. Like, as it looks, unchanged. It's in Long Island, or? Yeah, and the people put Halloween decorations out. And it's these goofy little, like, Walmart lawn decorations and stuff. And it's like... Dude, if you live in the Amityville house, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need you to put, just up. put a sign that says Amityville house. And yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Poltergeist is one where 
on the off chance you haven't seen Poltergeist, this isn't even really a spoiler, but it's after the climax of the film, the movie seems to be done, and then it cuts to the mum, I think, kind of drinking wine and having a bath. And it's like, you just had a giant 10th level crazy poltergeist, and you're like, ah, I'm sure that's over. Like, it's like someone reacting to having a rat in the house or something. It's like, ah, I'm sure it's over. Yeah. And she's having a bath. And then more stuff happens. And it was like, I don't know, after Scary Stuff Part 1, I would be out of that house. Oh, yeah. you know what a, a good horror movie is? Yeah. Have you seen The Entity? You know what? I still haven't. It's excellent. It's 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 a haunted person movie. It's like, like The Invisible Man. Who's in The it's, Entity? It's, it's like uh, 70s? Barbara, Barbara Hershey. Okay, yeah. And it's based on a true story. Oh, man. Oh. This woman Those who is basically sexually assaulted repeatedly by an oh, invisible... God. Oh, that's not good. Thing. That took a turn. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just a fun oh, horror. I mean, movie. I'm still I'm sure it's still a good movie, but I just didn't know. No, it's really it's say. really I it's a hard sell, right? Because it sounds really ugly, but well, it's really good. Came out around Exorcist Time? 83? Oh wow, a bit later. Yeah. Um, it was definitely yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it either. It's this invisible orb that oh, is God. it directed is it directed oh, by God. somebody Sidney oh. J. Fury, who did man. Superman 4. You're on point today. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Superman 4. <laughs> Oh, you Sydney. had me at Superman Four, the quest for a good movie. Poor Superman. We never 4. did find it. What a horrible downbeat way to end the podcast. Well, well Martin Scorsese. It's one of his recommendations. Okay, so you're, you're just passing the buck now. You're like, it wasn't me that said that the, well, the sexual just, assault I, it's, movie. It's again, it's like I, maybe I'm not doing a good job. Of no, selling no. This, but well, it's, it's, you can say it's the same with Straw Dogs, though. You're just like great movie, but you're like, well, okay, here's what it's about. It yeah. <laughs> no, it's a really strong horror movie. I'll, I'll watch. It. Yeah, I've definitely. I've Barbara Hershey, Hershey is a, lot a really movie. underrated actress. Like, oh yeah. One of the best actresses with a chocolate bar brand in her name. (laughs) She created that. I'm going to say it. Before we wrap up, I will mention, again, speaking of stuff that you should feel free to watch because you can't come see movies. It was so lovely to see our pal Greg Sestero in The Haunting of Bly Manor. He's in two episodes of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Total spoiler. Total spoiler. He's the ghost at the end. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a small part, but he actually delivers some lines. And it's like, he keeps on getting touted as a cameo. And I'm like, no, a cameo is like... You're in the background of a coffee shop or you're a bus driver with no lines. But this is an actual character integral to the plot. But just really cool to see him in there. And we posted an article today because Greg passed it along because I think a lot of people were asking him how he got involved. And I think basically it's like Mike Flanagan tried to option Disaster Artist. Ah. So in an alternate universe, Mike Flanagan directed Disaster Artist. Wow. So he's a fan of The Room. And then... Dr. Sleep Guy? Dr. Sleep Guy, yes. And Mike Flanagan has this great resume because he... He wrote and directed all of the first Haunting series, wrote and directed one episode and produced all the rest of the second Haunting series. Yeah. Did Doctor Sleep. Oculus. Oculus. Gerald's Game. So good, Hush. Just really good horror stuff. And he's got another miniseries coming up from Netflix in the near future. Oh, Absentia, too. That's his first movie. Really, You'd really like Absentia, Andrew. It's good. I won't tell Absentia? you anything. Yeah, no one gets assaulted, so maybe you won't like it. But no, no, I'm just... <laughs> but it's not, no, but it's actually like really good. It's like a slow burn thriller. What, the, I brought up Entity because you were talking about Joe Beth Williams in the bath in right. Poltergeist. And there's a scene where Barbara Hershey's in, in the bathtub in the Entity before she gets attacked. So it, Man. That, I made yeah. that connection. Post Freddy Krueger in the bath as well, too, I guess. Yeah. So we're talking go. about bathroom attacks. Yeah, if we're, yes, that's, that's a whole other genre. Or uh, bathtub attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen and I just watched Haunting of Hill House Riff Tracks edition. And it was the three Rift Tracks oh. fellows and Paul F. Tompkins, who I love. 
And Paul F. did a little joke before the movie started saying that he's never really afraid of monsters or ghosts because his Los Angeles apartment is so small hmm. that if he was like doing the old brush his teeth and then like lean down and stand back up or move the mirror and then the ghost is behind you, the monster's behind you, the ghost would have to be like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, coming through, excuse me, <laughs> just let me get behind you here. here let me <laughs> and, he, and that's how I feel. Our bathroom is small too. So after watching The Invisible Man, I wasn't petrified because I'm like, the Invisible Man would have to like tiptoe his way around me and kind of grab my shoulders to step up onto the toilet and then like walk around the side to get into the shower. So it's like, I've, I felt safer. If you have a big washroom, you're more apt to get crept up on by a ghost, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you haven't really wronged any people who then gained invisibility that I'm aware of. That I know of. That's, <laughs> no, that's true, though. We don't know who's capable of anything these days. You know if Lee had an invisible suit, he'd be messing with us all over the oh, place. Oh, constantly. He'd be running down, like, for real. Maybe that's that, what happened. That could have been him. He's got his suit and everything. Okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, we have no excuse for a movie starting, but we should go home or something. Is, is there an online uh, movie or thing? Are we doing uh, Not right now. We, did, we just had one thirty-six Chambers one through right. our friends there. That was last Friday. Okay. No news yet. Hopefully, this won't last long enough for that to be yeah, instigated. Yeah, true, true. So... For those of you with a couple extra dollars to spend, check out our website and social media. I'll update that soon with new stuff to buy to immortalize your name onto. The plaque still has plenty of names. It has 72 spaces, and I think we've sold about 25 so far. We've had some people just send us $25. Like, yeah. just crazy. Just It's just me sitting at home crying about it being a wonderful world. Like, that's all that's going Seriously. on right now. You're like, you could have bought a pizza or <laughs> this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, wow. And we'll be back soon, we hope. We'll be back. As soon as we can be back, we'll have a bunch of cool movies to screen. Lee and I already chatted about a couple ones that I just heard about because of listening to a podcast. And then uh, it'll be Christmas time and we'll be screening Gremlins and Die Hard. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Soon Is we... Die Hard still available? Or do the, we know? Andrew. Andrew. Am I jinxing it? Think, think happy thoughts. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to make them feel good. We're going to be playing a, Star I'm Wars. In, I'm in this worst case scenario. <laughs> All your favorites Mindset. are going to be back when we get back. Everything. I, I promise. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you, and we hope to see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, it was American Anthem. That was the other Mitch Gaylord one. Oh. We needed closure on that. It was American Anthem. I love how you didn't have to look that up. You just It just came to you. I'm just that good. It's the kind of house they don't build anymore. A relic of a time when the world wasn't in such a hurry, when there was still time for a little charm and elegance. It has stood empty for a long while, and at the price, it is a bargain. For a growing young family, it is almost too good to be true. What do you think? I love it. James Brolin, Margot Kidder, Rod Steiger, in the Amityville Horror. God's peace in this house. Get out. We have to do something. I'm coming apart! Oh, mother of God, I'm coming apart! Twenty-eight days after the Lutz family moved into their dream house. They were running for their lives. What happened to them is an experience in terror 
you will never forget. And you will believe in the Amityville Horror. From the best-selling book that made millions believe in the unbelievable, the Amityville Horror.